Welcome to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. My name is Gary and Thorne, and we are breaking down everything you need to know for Wednesday, July 28th, and the 11-game featured slate that gets going just past 7 p.m. Eastern time on DraftKings. We will also talk about some best bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook, but before we get to any of that, Let's start with some prize picks. Head on over to prizepicks.com. They have every single sport you could possibly imagine, including Olympic stuff. And use the promo code MMNMLB to get your first deposit matched up to $100. I've got a couple plays I like for Wednesday afternoon on prize picks. So actually, make sure to get these in early. So the first one I want to start with is Pete Alonzo, the reigning home run derby champion. His fantasy point prop is set at seven going up against Max Freed of the Atlanta Braves. This one's pretty simple. I want to take the over. Alonzo has been smashing left-handed pitching all season long and really he's been doing it about as well as anyone else in baseball. Alonzo came into Tuesday's slate with a 437 expected WOBA against Southpaw Pitching. That is the seventh highest qualified mark in all of baseball. So, Alonzo going up against Freed. Doesn't really matter that it's Freed. Any left-handed pitcher, I'm going to want to take the over. So, Alonzo over seven fantasy points on Wednesday. I also want to talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the guy who lost to Pete Alonzo in the 2019 home run derby. I like Guerrero to go over eight and a half fantasy points on Wednesday. Now, the important thing to remember with this game that starts at 2 p.m. Eastern time is it is now game one of a doubleheader because Tuesday's game between the Red Sox and the Blue Jays was postponed by rain. So the only reason you're getting Vladdy's prop below 10, 10 and a half where it's usually sitting is because this is a seven-inning game. Now, I will say, that concern is somewhat offset by the fact that Vlad has recently moved up to the two-spot in Toronto's batting order, so the likelihood of him getting four plate appearances in this seven-inning game is pretty strong. That is also helped by the fact that Toronto is the road team, and they will have to hit in the seventh inning regardless of game script. So, I think Guerrero probably gets pretty close to a full workload here, against Garrett Richards, and the fact it's against Garrett Richards means he might not need all four plate appearances to get to eight and a half fantasy points. I'm not usually a big BVP guy, but this one just makes too much sense. Uh, Garrett Richards has struggled all season long against right-handed batters. He's also struggled specifically at Fenway Park. He has a 6.55 ERA pitching at home in 2021, whereas Guerrero is easily the best hitter of right-handed pitching in baseball by virtually every metric you'd ever want to use. So, it's not all that shocking to find out that for his career, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is 6-for-9 against Richards with four extra base hits and an 801 Woba. He has destroyed Richards, and most of that has happened this season. So, I think he's able to do it again. I think he goes over 8.5 fantasy points. I also think Pete Alonzo goes over seven fantasy points on prize picks. Okay, so let's get to that 11-game featured slate. And again, it's worth noting for a second time 
that Toronto-Boston is now a doubleheader. So while this game remains on the main slate, it is a seven-inning game, which does affect the viability of those hitters for game two. However, let's not start with that game. Let's start with Zach Wheeler, who is $10,300, going up against the Washington Nationals on Wednesday. Wheeler, I don't want to say he was in a funk, because he really wasn't, but he had had a couple poor starts by his standards coming into his last outing and really just rectified the whole situation. He went seven innings, only allowed one earned run. He looked great. And he's also been fantastic in Philadelphia so far this season. In Philly, at home, 209 ERA, a 2.21 FIP, a 32.2% strikeout rate, and opponents are hitting to just a 230 WOBA within that split. Also, I kind of mentioned he had had some like underwhelming performances. It was really just unluckiness. If you look at his July breakdown, his BAPIP is way up. And he's only stranded 64% of his runners, which is an absurdly low mark for someone who has as good a strikeout rate as Wheeler has. So when you see his ERA is a little bit higher in this month, just remember he's got a 1.94 FIP in the month of July. That is far more indicative of how Wheeler has been pitching. So he's still great. He's been great. He's one of the best right-handed pitchers in baseball, which is important against the Washington Nationals because we know Washington is a much better team against left-handed pitching so far this season. Another thing to note in this game, Trey Turner had to leave Tuesday's contest in the first inning after testing positive for COVID-19. So he will not be available for this contest on Wednesday. Juan Soto has been hitting lights out basically since the end of the All-Star game. But without Trey Turner, that is a huge burden for Soto to have to carry by himself. This is really a two-pronged attack at the top of that batting order. So losing Turner is a massive blow, and I think it makes the Nationals a very vulnerable lineup against Zach Wheeler. Let's talk about Tyler McGill. I know, Zach Wheeler to Tyler McGill, just like we thought we'd be doing in 2021 as we near August. Uh, McGill, $9,200. So you are not getting a discount on this guy anymore, but it makes sense. He's pitched 30 innings. At the major league level in 2021, he has a 2.10 ERA, and it is completely backed up by a 2.16 expected ERA. He also has 33 strikeouts in those 30 innings of work. He is currently working on a 12-inning scoreless streak, and six of those innings were his last outing against the Toronto Blue Jays, one of the best offensive teams in baseball. He made them look silly. He looked great in that contest. Also picked up his first career hit. Kind of doing his own little Jacob deGrom impression in that contest. But the last time he saw Atlanta back on June 26th, he had eight strikeouts in five innings of work. So he can definitely hit his upside here and make this $9,200 salary work, especially because Atlanta's just been scuffling at the plate since the All-Star break. Obviously, the, the loss of Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to weigh heavy on any team. And because of that... They are bottom 10 in WRC Plus in the second half of the season. Okay, let's talk about Tanner Houck for a second. This, again, is going to kind of be an interesting test of how much people are buying into Houck's last start against the New York Yankees. It was a very notable game. A lot of people were watching. The Chris Sale comparisons, the right-handed Chris Sale comparisons have been running rampant on Twitter all week long. So the fact that he's only $7,200 and he just struck out eight guys 
in under five innings of work. You feel like a lot of people are going to want to use him, but at the same time, it is the Blue Jays who are one of the best, if not the best team in baseball at hitting right-handed pitching. So I'm curious to see how excited about Tanner people actually are, but they probably should be. I mean, he's got a 1.99 FIP across 18 innings of work, 31.1% strikeout rate, a 51.1% ground ball rate. He's done a really good job negating launch angle and hard contact in the five appearances he's made at the major league level. And I know the numbers this season say he's been better against left-handed batters than he has been against right-handed batters, but you watch him pitch. This is going to be a guy who dominates right-handers throughout the course of his career. The horizontal movement he is able to generate on that slider, he should be able to get righties out whenever he needs to. And Toronto has one of the most right-handed heavy lineups in all of baseball. So I think the true talent at some point is going to show he's going to shut down right-handed batters. And I think some people are going to be scared away by the fact this is a seven-inning game, despite the fact that Hauk was never going to pitch eight innings. This is someone who maxed out at 87 pitches in his last start. That was a season high. If he pitches five innings, you're laughing at $7,200. So I actually think he sets up pretty well here. Is it the best matchup? Obviously not. But at $7,200, I'm willing to take a chance. I wouldn't say I have like Zach Wheeler level confidence in him, but I'm still pretty confident in him. He's a good pitcher. He's shown flashes and he looked great in his last outing. Okay, before we get to some best bets, let's talk about my favorite stack on Wednesday's slate. And that is going to be the Chicago White Sox going up against Chris Bubik of the Kansas City Royals. Now, to Bubik's credit, I will admit he has been much better in Kansas City than he's been on the road so far this season. Kauffman Stadium has suppressed the home run per nine numbers pretty well for the young lefty, but he's still a lefty going up against the Chicago White Sox. He's still a lefty with a 5.80 expected ERA. He's still a lefty with a 1.83 home run per nine so far this season. And the nice thing about the Chicago White Sox is they have two absolute studs that you can put into a lineup for less than $3,000 in this matchup. I don't know who decided that Eloy Jimenez had to like work his way back from being $2,500, but thank you. Thank you for the free space that Eloy Jimenez has been. You're not going to get this discount much longer, especially considering on Tuesday, he hit a massive 460-foot home run to beat the Kansas City Royals. But he's only $2,800 on this slate. And yeah, he's hitting cleanup. I know it was a small sample, but against left-handed pitching in 2020, Jimenez had an 80% home run to fly ball ratio. If he hits a home run, it's a, or excuse me, if he hits a fly ball, it was basically a home run off of lefties all of last season. That's kind of hilarious. Uh, Andrew Vaughn is the other guy I want to talk about specifically. Uh, He has a 176 WRC plus against left-handed pitching. He's been tearing the cover off the ball regardless of handedness throughout the month of July. And the last time the White Sox faced a left-handed pitcher, Vaughn hit second in their lineup. If he does that again on Wednesday, he is going to be one of the best dollar-for-dollar plays on this entire slate. He is also $2,800. So the great thing about those two guys is you put them in a lineup and then you can put in Tim Anderson if you want to put in Tim Anderson. You can put in Jose Abreu at $5,000 because he has a 326 isolated power. You can put in Yoan Moncada if you want to do that. So I think the White Sox, the versatility 
this lineup gives you because of the price points of Vaughn and Jimenez, I just think they're the best stack on Wednesday. Okay, before we get out of here, let's talk about some best bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And I want to start with another afternoon game. Let's talk Cardinals going up against Cleveland. We've got Kwang Hyung Kim taking the mound for the Cardinals. He has been pitching some of the best baseball I've ever seen in his past five starts. He has a 0.90 ERA in that span of time. He's holding opponents to a 185 WOBA in that five-start stretch. He's been absolutely dominant. And he's going up against a Cleveland team that just hasn't hit at all since the All-Star break. They have a 73 WRC plus coming into play on Tuesday. That is the third lowest mark in all of baseball. Also, Zach Plezak, who's taking the mound for Cleveland, his past five starts have been the exact opposite of Kim's. He has a 5.60 ERA in that span. He's giving up 2.6 home runs per nine. So even though the Plesak numbers are a little weird because there's an IL stint in the middle of those, I just think Kim's in much better form. And the fact that you can get the Cardinals at even money, plus 100 on the money line, I want to take advantage of that. So I will back the Cardinals money line on Wednesday. I also like the Diamondbacks money line. Sure, why not? Um, It's hard backing the Diamondbacks on the road. I will say that. However, going up against the Texas Rangers definitely helps. This is basically the worst team in the National League against the worst team in the American League. I guess I'll side with the National League team, mostly because the Diamondbacks have just been hitting so much better than the Rangers since the All-Star break. Now, that's not a high bar to clear. Texas coming into Tuesday, a night where they actually had a little bit of offensive success, 32 WRC plus in the two weeks since the All-Star break, where Arizona, 122. WRC plus in that span of time. Also wanted to point out that Madison Bumgarner is taking the mound for the Diamondbacks in this game. He has looked pretty good in his last two starts. 11 innings pitched, two earned runs, just one walk. Jordan Lyles is pitching for the Rangers. All he's done in his past two starts is give up seven opponent home runs in two starts. That is really bad. I mean, Mike Fultonavich might be giving him tips on how to give up home runs because they are doing it better than anyone else in baseball. Texas also really bad against lefties like Bumgarner. They have a 83 WRC plus against lefties. They also have a 133 isolated power against Southpaws. That is the lowest mark in the American League. So Arizona money line at minus 105, Cardinals money line at plus 100. And that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and I will catch you guys next time.